0: The Start on demand. On-, on demand. Hey, hey, it's GMAC. On behalf of Loren McNabb and Brett McGarry, it is The Start On Demand. And today, we're going to introduce you to a dog, our favorite four-legged friend. We'll tell you the best way to make a turkey. Yeah, I know, you already know, but you might want to listen to this and get some tips. And hey, do you remember that sign that appeared on the side of Garbage Hill earlier this year? Well, now it's permanent. Without further ado, let's get her done. Mackling, McNabb, Moore, Braun, Forche. Let's just imagine instead of having coffee, we're having Christmas dinner. And McNabb?
1: I'm going to undo my pants.
0: Why do you not preemptively I mean, so oh, I If even...
2: someone's just getting up, what a visual. <sighs>
0: <sighs> Thank okay. goodness it's radio. That's all <laughs> I can Thank goodness say. it is radio. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So if we what doesn't just... belong? Like, let's do the Sesame Street thing. Like, uh, 19 things. Yeah are on the table, one which of one... these
3: things just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't belong be here. <laughs> Every Christmas, I, I can still see my dad, and I bet you he's doing it right now as he prepares for us all to come down. I can see him peeling with great difficulty the turnip. And then all the effort that goes into peeling it and then mashing it, and then my mom would... Then we would force us to put it on our plate, and everyone puts, like, the smallest possible dollop. <laughs> then there would be leftover turnips for days on end. Nobody likes them, and my mom's like, but the color, it really adds a nice color Who to cares? the plate.
0: It sounds familiar.
3: <laughs> now, I've served meals, and I get the color thing, but <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. Do some green beans or something Talk like that. Talk
2: your dad into mixing some carrots with the turnips. We had that as kids all the time. Mashed carrots and turnips. Carrots and turnips? Yeah, it's really good.
0: Carrots in the turnips? Carrots and turnips Way mashed together.
3: carrots. <laughs>
0: My so whole thing is: Have like you that. tried that? <laughs> I wouldn't try that. No, no. Have angry
2: you tried? That? I that's wouldn't what I'm try that. So you don't even know what you're talking about.
0: I'm the opposite with color. Anything that's orange or red or green does not belong on the plate for Christmas dinner. We just want brown shades and beige, of baby. brown and beige. Yes, yeah, <laughs> turkey, potatoes, stuffing, buns, everything, just drowning in gravy. That, Jeff, that makes and sense. I don't always get along, but we get along very much. <laughs> oh, to like food.
3: That makes sense because I was going to say fruitcake cake, you know, it's got all those calories in it, and just oh, oh, I'm, not, I'm not a fruit. Yeah, well, I'm not. It's a not fruit. dessert either. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, just
0: you can leave that. You have one fan here, Kelly. Adam says mashed carrots and turnips. Yum. Oh, oh yeah. No, they're good.
2: Yeah. All right. And, you know, I, I'm surprised none of you uh, have uh, turned your nose up at Brussels sprouts because uh, they're uh, generally not very uh, popular. But...
3: You put bacon on Brussels sprouts. are pretty can. good. And
2: also, if you fry Brussels sprouts in balsamic, mm-hmm. vinegar, oh,
3: Listen to man, oh, Kelly. man. We do
2: it in the oven. With oh, the balsamic yeah. okay, vinegar yeah. and we would do really? that, and with, uh, with we, the broccoli as well. Yeah, Kids we, love it. We do we do the old shaking and uh, over the stove with the uh, the frying pan. We we don't have it as often as we used to, but uh, uh, I can't think of anything that,
3: that you don't want
2: that
0: I don't want.
3: Do you like the though. Christmas cake?
0: I don't mind Christmas cake. Yeah,
3: Ugh, I See, really you know don't like the, this cake.
0: conversation. Was supposed to be way more negative. This is <laughs> I can keep far going. Too <laughs> I
3: don't like the turnips. I don't like the Christmas cake. Cranberries. I don't, I don't get the cranberries. I don't hate them. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot
2: of people that don't like cranberries, uh-huh. especially the jelly.
4: Oh, I'm a cranberry guy. I like cranberries. Where do you put them? though?
0: Like,
2: where do you put the cranberries for? On, on the turkey. turkey. <laughs>
4: yeah, put a little
3: little bit on the piece of turkey. A little gravy.
2: Yeah, and then the turkey and mayo sandwiches with a spread of cranberry the next day and okay. the day after and the day after yes. that. I don't get it.
0: I don't get the cranberry. So what, what do you <laughs> yeah.
2: have for Christmas dinner, then? Turkey, gravy, and potatoes? Is that oh, it? Turkey, yeah. gravy. Stuffing. Pepper. Stuffing.
0: Bun, butter. It's progies. Progies is on our list. Oh, yeah. Beige. Mm -hmm. You don't have any (laughs) sweet
2: potato? (laughs) What? No sweet potatoes? What are those? No cabbage rolls.
0: (laughs) Halachi? Yeah. Uh, Somebody somebody on the text machine says uh, cabbage rolls. Get those off the table. What are they doing Mm -hmm. there in the first place?
2: Oh, they're a must have.
3: I mean, it's funny because cabbage rolls. I think it's either you, you're either in, or
2: you're yeah, out. Yeah, no, they're, sure. they're very polarizing. There's yeah. No doubt about that. <laughs> yeah,
3: they're always on our Christmas <laughs> table. Oh,
0: yeah, here's a here's a veggie I haven't heard mentioned in a long time since my Grammys day: parsnips. Hmm. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Does anybody
2: know what those are? Very English. They're parsnips, if memory serves me correct, they're kind of like a cross between a turnip and a carrot. Yeah. If, if and they're yellow. They're be- aren't
3: they beige looking, like a yes. yellowy beige? They yep. suit you, Greg.
2: Yeah, oh yeah. I think we yeah. found
3: the one thing Kelly might not be on board with. <laughs>
2: yeah, parsnips, parsnips are not, yeah. I'd have to slop them in gravy to Terry choke says, them down. Terry says
0: broccoli, parsnips, and Brussels sprouts baked in the oven in a cheese sauce. Mm. So good. Wow. Yeah. Uh,
3: here's the thing. You put cheese on anything, you put yeah. gravy on anything, you put bacon on anything, like you can really jazz it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think people are really missing the point of this conversation. <laughs> We're supposed to be I dissing dishes, not celebrating. So stuff.
3: <laughs> and that part Jam, too, right, why are we talking about vegetables? It's Christmas for goodness. Okay, sakes. and
2: there is another thing I do not want at the Christmas What's table. That? Jeff Braun taking his pants off. Oh. Yes. No, I just unbuttoned so <laughs> it's so there's not so much pressure.
5: <laughs> and Whoa. See,
0: every, everybody everybody's talking about all the things they want on the table. This has been it, this first hour. See, we, we're, don't we're, be
2: such a food snob, Mac. Like, all right, fine.
3: Oh, extend your had, horizons. We have had a couple people now write in about devil eggs. Which oh, is when yeah. you take the egg, you boil yep. it, cut it in half, scoop out the yolk, right? Mash it all up. Yeah. I love deviled eggs. Put a
2: little spread of paprika on there. Yeah. For supper? That sounds like breakfast.
3: On the table. It's just on but the table. But it's more, yeah. to me, It's my mom does those all the time <laughs> and I love them, but I, it's more of a barbecue type dish. Yeah.
0: We yeah. have listeners that listen very closely. <laughs> Someone just said, I know how to ruin cheese sauce for McNabb. Make it with marble cheese. <laughs> 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 that harkens back to oh, our discussion last week. You are too Ooh. right, Eve.
3: to bring you back in did you to watch happy days yeah
6: oh. richie cunningham
0: used to play this when and he was getting I'm ready for a date garbage
3: hill is that where you're going with this fortune uh i play into music yeah, that, th- th- this one's not me because because i can't take credit for on this
0: happy one. days where did they go to make out the dump no oh they went to inspiration point To watch the submarine races.
3: Are you about to tell me you went to Garbage Hill to make out back in the day? That was our inspiration point. Wow. Back in the day. So much inspiration to be found at Garbage Hill.
0: I wonder if uh, we can call it inspiration for this incredible new landmark. It's already a landmark. Mm -hmm. Westview Park, the dump, Garbage Hill, whatever you call it. Well... I think Garbage Hill's official moniker when you're spending this kind of energy to stake your claim.
3: Well, we spent a lot of energy removing a homemade sign a few months ago that was put up there. Now an official sign has gone up to tell us more. We're joined by Global News' Merrick Takash. Good morning, Merrick. Good morning, how are you guys? We're good. Tell us what you're seeing.
1: Well, uh, about uh, about 25, 30 minutes ago, uh, they were were drilling away at the sign. It was unveiled. It definitely said Garbage Hill, so the sign is back. Right now, uh, construction workers are just covering it up um, until the official unveiling at 9, but it is facing the train tracks just at the end of Wellington here. But yes, the sign is back, guys.
0: That's fantastic. So if you go to globalnews.ca or com, you can actually get a sneak peek of the sign before it's un- official unveiling. And how big is it, uh, America Have you got any uh, statistics for us? I'm a hockey guy, as you know. I, I like my numbers.
1: <laughs> well, it's, it's about, uh, I would say it's up to my neck almost if I was standing right beside it. It is pretty large, larger than I expected. I mean, I wasn't around to see the last one, but this this one definitely is cool and funny, to say the least. Uh, uh, as we speak right now, they're just putting the final touches on on the stabilizing bars, holding it up. They're drilling away and hammering away uh, until uh, the ceremony at 9. But it, is, it definitely is a chilly one out here this morning, guys.
3: It was funny that you mentioned that you weren't here for the last one. You're, of course, a new reporter for Global News from uh, Western Canada, though. Have you ever heard of Garbage Hill, Merrick, before you got here? And I'd like to know your thoughts and just... You know, as an outsider coming in, naming our hill
1: Garbage Hill. Give us your impressions. I think I think it's cool. I think it gives the park it's the areas of character. Um, I actually have heard of Garbage Hill. It was one of the first things that I've heard when I came here, uh, funny enough. So uh, if I can hear about it that fast, it must be getting around it and people must be digging it. Even online, I've been reading some of the Twitter reaction this morning, and it's just cool to see how... How uh, this sign could generate so much reaction.
0: Well, I think a lot of people were concerned that, that the rest of the country might judge us negatively. And I my reaction <laughs> to that is I don't care anymore. There was a day and time when I cared what everybody else in Canada thought of Winnipeg, but you know what? We've grown up so much in the last decade that what people outside of our city think of us doesn't really matter. And I've got some I've got some stats here. You're you're pretty close in terms of the height. The length, it's 20 feet long, constructed of aluminum composite panels, and it's going to have a white reflective vinyl lettering as part of its construction. So this is outstanding. Merrick, uh, good job staking out the uh, The construction workers. Good job. Well done, man.
1: Thank you, guys, and uh, I'm jealous of, of you guys, the warmth that you get to enjoy right now. Well, uh, we,
3: we can hear the wind. If You if, you know what? If you're going to be there, Merrick, you might as well be the first person to take a selfie by that sign. That's right.
1: Oh, you, and you guys think I, I haven't already took one. <laughs> <laughs> How can we see it, Merrick? How can we see your yeah. selfie? I will uh, tweet it out right away. It's it, it's. Ca- it's hard to get a real good one because they have half of the sign covered up right now. Oh, that's and, and now now it's fully covered up. So well, oh, we we
0: blew your opportunity well, for we, the for the <laughs> selfie.
3: We appreciate this. We're talking to Global's Merrick Takash from Garbage Hill, which now has an official Garbage Hill sign. Thanks very much, Merrick. Thanks, guys. Of course, uh, nine o'clock we're gonna have an official unveiling, and there will be questions for the mayor. Of course, we have one texter writing in to say, "Really, a sign on Garbage Hill? What did that cost, and who paid for it?" That would be information he'd well, like to we'll know. We'll get the answer to that. And we'll get that. the answer. Please understand that what happened is that we had heard that this might be coming down the pipe, and so Merrick decided to sign up for the 6 a.m. assignment, which had him scouting out garbage hell to see if, in fact, an official city-approved, city-funded sign would be going up there. Mayor's unveiling it at 9 o'clock. We will be asking him why, why now, why did the first one get taken down? Yep. And, of course, what did we pay for this?
0: Yeah, we are breaking this story right now, and uh, someone saying... Uh Was also known as Makeout Mountain. Hadn't heard that one before. Keep your uh, opinions coming. Mountain, like hill, it's Manitoba. Hill
3: is being generous, let alone calling it Makeout Mountain. But I like it. I like it very
0: much. (laughs) I'll never forget the time a couple of my buddies came in for 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 uh, a wedding from Vancouver, and it was my brother's wedding, and. They came in the southern way on the airplane, uh, the approach uh, on the southern approach. and they wanted to know what the big what the big mountain was down on the south end of the city. and we couldn't figure out what they were talking about. So we went for a drive. It was the snow dump.
3: oh my gosh. The pile of... It's true, though. Oh, I, when I drive by that snow dump in, like, February or March... <laughs> and the bulldozer is right at the, the top. top you're, like, high. impressed by that. It is so impressive. let us know. Are you impressed by a sign on Garbage <laughs> Hill saying Garbage Hill? Let, let us know. 780 68.
0: Let's do it in stereo, babies. To start this half hour... The premier of Manitoba says, and here's the headline... He will enforce fee on Indigenous cannabis retailers. Manitoba Premier Brian Pallister says his government will enforce a cannabis retailers fee on First Nation store owners in the new year, setting up another potential clash with Indigenous leaders. The progressive conservative government is requiring all cannabis retailers to pay what it calls a social responsibility fee. The levy amounts to 6% of each retailers total annual revenues starting in 2019 the annual fee is to be paid within six months after the year ends stores on reserves will not be exempt according to the premier
3: so to get reaction on what this might mean for some of those first nations communities that have put up cannabis stores were joined by the chief of the long plain first nation which is in the portage la prairie area dennis meaches good morning dennis
6: Uh, Good morning. How are you?
3: We're very well. We talked to you not too long ago with some excitement about the opening of a cannabis store on Long Plain First Nation. At that point, had you had any discussions with the province about how this tax might be applied to First Nations communities?
6: Well, initially we had, uh, prior to the opening of the stores, there were some uh, meetings with the province. And uh, the first meeting, I think they were discussing a levy and we challenged that and I think the second meeting they came out with this regulatory fee. So uh, we believe that the province was looking at ways to try and uh, skirt the issue of uh, of taxation. Um, we, we know what the PST and the GST mean in terms of application on reserves, but uh, the responsibility fee, I'm not sure. Um, the legal question is whether or not this would be a fee or a tax and that would need to be determined. Well, let's, oh.
3: let's talk about that for a second in terms of how different a is, because people might not understand about how different taxes are applied uh, on reserves. So the PST, for example, is that paid uh, by businesses on reserves?
6: Yes, it is. If you're a non-treaty customer.
3: Okay. But if you're a business, oh. do you pay, do you pay a fee to the province on anything else? Like I know tobacco, for example, is not taxed. No. And so what's the difference in your mind between or is there a difference between your in your mind between cannabis and tobacco being sold on reserves?
6: Well, um, we thought maybe uh, they're fairly similar in terms of a commodity, right, a product. So we thought maybe that the province would just follow the, the model that they have with the PST and uh, rebate program with tobacco. But uh, the province chose to follow, go down a different path, which uh, uh, introduces a regulatory fee, which were... A little bit unfamiliar with, and uh, that's why we need to, you know, look at the option of whether or not this actually may be a tax, and it's just a matter of protection of uh, the treaty right, right. So uh, we we want to make it, make sure we look at that, and I think uh, in speaking to our legal counsels, they've also mentioned that there this already may have been to the Supreme Court of Canada back in 1998 uh, when there's a fee charged by the Ontario Ontario government on estates, so. Uh, and also the legislative process, whether or not that's actually, uh, um, you know, been completed by the province. And we're looking at an industry, a new industry, where uh, we're already, I think, in some ways, witnessing an overtaxed industry. And uh, I think the premier uh, is a bit hazy about this in terms of uh, how he might actually be helping the black market uh, and uh, not, you know, doing, doing... Uh, the job that they're supposed to do in terms of uh, eliminating the black market.
0: As with a a lot of these taxes or fees... uh, there is a sense that that perhaps, oh well, you know, well that makes sense that we uh, have this social responsibility fee, and perhaps that money goes back into policing and the the added perceived uh, expenses that uh, may go into policing with uh, legalized cannabis. But there hasn't been any provi- uh, any promises as about where that money will go, and I think that's a, the problem a lot of people have with the fee in the first place, whether you're on a first nation or otherwise.
6: That's correct. Uh, we, we don't know what uh, their position will be in terms of what, how they'll uh, use the tax uh, or the, uh, the fee, the regulatory fee for. Um, so that's a bit concerning. I think most people know in this province that Indigenous communities are struggling with poverty, high unemployment. Uh, you know, there's a whole slew of challenges that we're facing. And um, the rebates, we look at those as uh, uh, helping the First Nations in terms of... Uh, social responsibility, uh, activities. Um, you know, we, we put a lot of money towards education, um, you know, um, just, uh, health, uh, housing. So yeah, just a, I'm a little bit concerned by it. And, uh, um, our, I think our, uh, leadership would need to take a real hard look at this and, um, and there 's nothing wrong with uh, challenging it right i mean there 's no that 's just the way the system works. Uh, if we think that there may be infringement on our treaty right then uh, yeah we we have to uphold our treaty and uh, with the crown and make sure that uh, it goes unchallenged if we think that there 's an infringement on that
3: so it sounds like you 're going to take it some time to take a look at things uh, as we understand it for people. Your treaty rates allow for the fact that through a rebate system tobacco for example. Uh, tax is not applied to people with Indian status. And as on the other side, you have Pallister saying, okay, well, they have a right to impose fees on businesses. And so it sounds like somewhere you're going to have to find a middle ground, but you're not sure yet if you'll take it to court, Dennis?
6: That, that's correct. I mean, we need to look at it. And uh, just with the recent information on the Supreme Court decision that was back in 1998, whether or not that's applicable um, and would affect this. Uh, you know, I just recently, the province went through an exercise at Long Plain on reviewing uh tobacco they went they had a tobacco audit on on consumer purchases at at uh, long plain stores and uh, so i mean we 're okay with that and uh, uh, because we do get a lot of non indigenous customers and uh, we want to make sure that you know with that particular program that 's in place uh it seems to be working okay uh but I think again, going into this new regulatory fee, I think the province, uh, the premier—I think I'm thinking the premier—his uh, instructions were to find a way to make the indigenous communities pay.
0: Chief Meaches, thanks for your time as always. Okay, thank, thank, you, thank you very much. Long Plain First Nation Chief Dennis Meaches.
3: Interesting. I think it puts into question. People have a lot of questions about this, probably because there's not an understanding. On a basic level of what what the treaty rights allow for and what they can and can't do. And up to this point, you could see their argument that tobacco and cannabis have a lot of similarities and therefore that the tax shouldn't be applied to people with Indian status when it comes to the sales of cannabis. And on the other side, you have the premier saying, no, this is different. This is a social responsibility levy, and he went on to say that there's like a tax for education and health that applies to payrolls and it applies to reserves as long as they're incorporated. So if it's an incorporated business, we're going to go ahead and tax you like everyone else. (laughs) He's had a cute face in this house.
0: Four-legged friend, our favorite four-legged friend and guest is in the studio. Rusty, the therapy dog, joins us now to celebrate being immortalized in the location most of us have met him, I suspect. George Ames is Rusty's dad and spokesperson. And if you've met Rusty, you have met George. Good morning, George. Good morning. The honors just keep on coming, hey?
5: Yes, it's kind of fun. <laughs> how
0: long has Rusty and how long have you, in turn, has Rusty been dragging you, let's put it that way, to St. Boniface Hospital to do this therapy dog thing and to, to greet folks in, in such a special
5: way? Well, it's it's just about 10 years, actually. It's more officially eight, but we snuck in there for the first two years undetected, so. <laughs> Tell
0: that's, us about that. Yeah. Well, like, that's what the made truth. you want to do that? I, I
5: ended up going to visit a, a friend's father who was not doing well, and we snuck in after dark, and maybe even on the weekends, and... Uh, Sooner or later, I get a phone call, and they said some people want to see Rusty, and we don't even have him signed up on our program. Why not? So I was forced to go down there, and they handcuffed me, and we signed a contract <laughs> for the next now over eight years. So it has been fun. And yesterday, or the other day, actually, when you call it immortalized, somebody called it memorialized, but he's still alive and well. So I like my word better. You do. Eh? It, this was more a dedication to Rusty, and I was thrilled to to see all his fans yesterday look at the picture on the wall at St. Boniface Hospital, and it it just uh, made people smile and made me smile to see them.
3: So, so Rusty's a therapy dog at St. B. You're, you're in the entrance. Look, like if I walk in, I can't miss Rusty?
5: Well, you'll see the information desk uh, as you come through the main lobby doors into the Everett Atrium and just to the left um, of the information desk, shortly down the hallway, 30 feet. There his picture stands, or... or Hangs I should say, beside uh, some staff elevators, so it, you can 't miss it it 's uh it's, what it's did they striking. phone
3: you up George, and say uh, we 'd like to get Rusty in a painting or take his picture, or like what was the how did the messaging work when they said we 'd like to do more than just have him there
5: helping all the folks well it it uh, actually started with a group of young doctors. Rusty has been going for the last seven or eight years to the medical college um to visit with all the students. My daughter-in-law years ago got me to go for exam week and help the students with their stress levels, and it just went from there that he became a a mascot of the medical school, the dental school, the pharmacy school, all those (laughs) young, bright students that we once were. Um, And uh, it was actually a group of young doctors who wanted to honor Rusty because they claim that he helped them get through medical school. So... They chipped in almost $1,000 and had a a portrait made. They wanted to hang it at their own medical college, but I talked them into doing it at St. B. And it just went from there. So, George, you know, uh, all joking and lighthearted
0: conversation aside, uh, when you're in hospital and you're either in palliative care, end of life care, or perhaps you're you're just in for a couple of days, I know that when I go to see my grandma where she lives, they've got a little dog named Butterfly. That roams the hallways there and whenever butterfly walks into my grandma's room i know my mood changes and her hers does immediately tell us about the effect and, and the powerful relationship between patients and and animals overall and the effect it has on their on their recovery or or the time they're spending in hospital
5: well it's usually quite remarkable and picture yourself going into a hospital you're quite ill maybe dreading some surgery or you're near the end of your life or you, or you think you are and a hospital can be quite a uh, an uncomfortable place if you're not feeling well you're not at home with your your favorite TV and so forth um, and just a distraction like a friendly dog uh, can really cheer up your spirits So, and it's good for the visitors the families who are worried about their loved one who is not well so it's just good all, all around and even the staff who have a tough job at that hospital often. They need a little bit of cheering up as well. And the dogs, and we have about 10 there, not me personally, but there are about 10 partner combinations that really help out a lot.
3: I have also met you um, doing some work with Rusty at some of the downtown shelters, and I remember one of the clients there saying uh, that the dog doesn't judge me. These eyes don't look at me with anything other than love, because that's what dogs do. And I thought that was a pretty powerful comment for someone and and the impact it shows that Rusty has on people's lives?
5: Yeah, dogs don't criticize. They don't ask difficult questions, and they listen well. So, and Rusty, I think, is a pretty good listener. And the glasses make him look friendly. Uh, It's just a a win-win. Well,
0: got the uh, extreme honor to work with Rusty on a commercial shoot about a year ago, and uh, let me tell you, he's. Uh, I've got my own buddy at home, and and she makes me feel like the most special human on the planet whenever I get home or whenever I'm feeling down, and that, that's my little Abby. But uh, Rusty's a close second for me as in terms of furry pals. Why don't we take a break? We'll update your weather forecast, and we'll we'll find out who trained who, the, the pecking order in the Ames household. Who's who's training Rusty? Who's training George?
3: I would also like to know. You know, it's got to be hard to be Rusty's owner, walking in a room when everybody gets down on their <laughs> on their low as possible and says "Hello, Rusty," and then you kind of forget. George oh yeah, hi George. Oh hi George. So
5: George gets sloppy seconds. <laughs>
0: never have as much time as we'd like to have with Rusty and Rusty's dad, George, in the studio.
3: We just learned Rusty is 16, so he's he's trying to take a nap in the corner, but I keep bugging him because he's so darn cute.
0: He's so beautiful. You'll know Rusty if you've ever been to Saint Boniface Hospital in the Everett Atrium. He's a therapy dog there, He's just really a an outstanding ambassador for the hospital. And he was immortalized uh, earlier this week with a painting, uh, generously donated and and uh, do we say curated? What, what is what is that word when somebody? Uh, oh, commissioned. commissioned yeah. by uh, the folks at the the students did, at the dental college and at the at the uh, medical, medical college. Did he yeah. right,
3: for a photo or? Did 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 they paint it from a photo of him? The
5: artist from Ottawa, Gail McGregor, who's a pet portrait artist, her specialty, from three different pictures, she came up with this version. Interesting. So it wasn't... uh a photo uh, brushed up. It's it's a real painting that she.
3: Concocted. Like it came up. Exactly. With it. I so was a trying to of picture a Rusty sitting there still for several hours <laughs> at a time, and I wasn't sure how that. I, well, if any I dog be, could do it. If any dog could do it. Yes, he's so good with patience. He's very patient with the patients and everyone else, but gosh, I couldn't sit still for 25 minutes, let alone several hours. So,
0: so at what point did you realize? you know, that Rusty was special and maybe he had this volunteer gene in him, George, and the whole idea of training him to do all the things he does, that's got to be a ton of work.
5: Well, he did come from a humble beginning, but I think he soon appreciated that he had a decent home, two meals a day, and he didn't want to go back to the shelter. So we made a deal. And I think I went to the book, the library to get a book on how to train a dog properly. And there's all kinds of theories, but basically I tried to let him know that I was willing to be the guard dog and he didn't have to. So that's way. That's the way my wife had trained me uh, so I knew how to do it. Anyways, he um, he realized that I was tougher and stronger and I didn't say meaner but that I was willing to lead and he was soon willing to follow and, and I think a dog has to know they're pack animals in the wild going back centuries. The Lobo wolf uh, would pin all the young uh, young pups down on the ground and say, look, follow me, I'll you where the, the best herd of deer are, you know. And a dog wants to be led as well, somewhat.
3: Do all dogs, would all dogs make good therapy dogs? Or is there, do you think there's something pretty unique here when it comes to the connection he's been able to make with so many people?
5: Very good question. And I don't know if I know the real answer to that, but I think every dog has potential. Uh, some dogs are more relaxed. Maybe it's the breed. Maybe it's the way they've been trained. I don't know. But uh, rusty... Is a passive uh, personality, I guess. He's got that cute face. The glasses make him look uh, intelligent and friendly. Um, and it just seems to work. George, uh, you are a genuine treasure. Thank you for doing what you do. I
0: know Rusty gets all the credit and all the accolades and the adulation, but uh, thanks for what you do. You spend so much time in the community giving back, and I know you're going to take a little bit of a break, get out of the cold for a bit, and uh, we just wanted to bring you in and thank you so much for doing what you do. My pleasure. I think McNabb's halfway to holidays already,
3: <laughs> and it really it only is. Boat. It really only is one day, but I am excited. <laughs> it is the start
0: time. Mackling, she's McNabb. Brett and Gary back on Monday. Lauren will be off Monday. I'll be here. Then we have Christmas Day, Boxing Day, and then it's you and Brett for Thursday and Friday.
3: That's right. Okay, I You're, think I got it. There'll be two of three of us here. All times. In and around the holidays. And of course, uh, what we want to talk about right now is what you're going to be
0: eating. Yeah, but you have a little bit of a pierogi emergency happening Let, right now. Should we
3: get to that first? You're let's, right. Let's get to first. In the commercial break, I was calling, I was just Googling Ukrainian Catholic churches and a pierogi hotline looking for anyone there's who can help me out. There's a pierogi hotline. There, there is, but there's no answer there, so I'm not sure. But uh, this is how it's branded and marketed? It's called pierogi hotline, Yes. So I believe it's the Holy Family Ukrainian Catholic Church that has it, wow. but there's also um, the one on Main Street, Ivan, I'm going to say the name wrong, Ichinsky, I think, is a church, in any event, celebrating Christmas this year with my entire family, which includes my mom and dad, and we always get our pierogies from uh, a wonderful family in Minidosa, but of course nobody's in Minidosa right now to get those pierogies, and I'm the only one in Manitoba, and everyone has said they have to come from Manitoba, It can't be coming from anywhere else in this country, so... I need 10 dozen pierogies. Stat? Stat. Um, I need them by tomorrow. Maybe,
0: so Maybe our next guest can help us out with we'll, that.
3: We'll go to him. And you know what? Just in light of our next guest coming together, the, what's on the table is important for, for uh, the holidays and also what you might be talking about. And so if we're going to be talking throughout the day about the Ipsos polls numbers that came out that showed the Liberals would win tomorrow. Right. If... There the was election, election was tomorrow. But yeah. in Manitoba, way more people would vote conservative. And in Alberta, of course, two-thirds would mm-hmm. vote conservative. So are you going to talk politics while you're enjoying a turkey dinner?
0: Well, we won't ask Carl Omen that, but we <laughs> will ask Carl the best way to cook a turkey. Carl is a Red River College chef, instructor extraordinaire, the extraordinaire. I'm adding myself. Carl, good morning.
4: Hi, good morning. Yeah, I do the extraordinaire.
0: Well, I, I, I'm going to guess your students would uh, would back me up on the extraordinaire part. So, first of all, tell us. Uh, we want to make sure. We want to make sure you you have the credentials to give us advice on this. How long
4: have you been cooking turkeys? Uh, wow. I would say probably thirty five years. Okay.
3: We, okay. Can, we can definitely. Yeah, long yeah. time. All right.
4: Good enough, Carl.
3: I was saying this morning, <laughs> Carl, that um, you know when I first started, I really only just I put it in the oven, and that's pretty much all I do. But I've since heard from so many other people that there are so many ways to cook it and to sort of add to that flavor. So let's start at the very beginning. Frozen or fresh?
4: Um, I, I buy frozen. Okay. You do? Yeah. I or, do. Month or yeah. well, because I, I brine it. I, okay. I brine turkey, so. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also debone my turkey.
0: Okay, so first of all, brine, for those that don't know?
4: Um, is usually a salt, sugar, garlic. I've done uh, some herbs, some lemon, orange peel. Um, it's a salt solution, probably five percent, like like fifty grams of salt dissolved into about a, a liter of water. Which is a kilogram?
3: Do I get a bucket and put it in the like? If I have bucket
4: a bucket, f- I use a cooler, my my cooler from the summer.
3: Oh, good call. Okay, so you put yeah, the water and the salt. You have to the boil salt the salt
4: though. You, you need to. And you can Google any recipe for a brining a turkey, but it adds moisture, right?
0: Okay, so we take that frozen turkey. we'll, we'll yep. just use your uh, method here to the to the letter, and use your Coleman or whatever kind of cooler you have. Yeah, whatever. Put it Clean in there it frozen, out, and, and
4: I usually line it with a garbage bag. and okay. and, and boil your uh, water, add your salt. In uh, knowing, and you have to have to be cold brine though. You can't use hot. Okay. So generally, we would add ice to it, or you would just have to let it cool down and then use it. Now,
0: what's the concern there? Is that a food safety issue with it being hot? What's the deal? Well, no,
4: you don't want to put boiling hot water on a turkey and then, then let it sit for you know uh, ten or twelve hours.
0: Okay, so that's yeah. a and that's about how long the process the the, the um, thawing process. You can out go process. overnight.
4: So you can go a couple of hours. Okay. It just it just it it injects moisture.
0: Okay, and so how long does it take? Like, uh, uh, how much lead time? When should I be taking out that turkey if it's frozen? Um, I pulled mine
4: out this morning. Oh, really? And when are you going
0: to cook it? Are you going to cook it
4: Um, Christmas Eve or uh, on Tuesday? Tuesday. Oh, and
3: so you keep it out that long?
4: Oh, it's going to take four or five days to defrost in the fridge. The fridge. Uh, yeah, no. So I, I want it ready for Monday so I can brine it for Tuesday.
0: Okay, oh, all boy. right. I See be all the things ahead. we're listening, all yeah. the things we're learning by listening. Yeah. Okay. okay. my cabbage
4: rolls also. My cabbage came out of the freezer today too. Oh yeah, There's we don't want to tit-tit. talk about halal <laughs>
0: I'm just gonna get everybody. Well, no,
4: you got to make them, right?
0: Oh
4: yeah. I buy them. I freeze <laughs> my cabbage. Oh, there you go. Uh, yet,
3: l- listen. You you don't make them unless you know how to make them, and if you don't know how to make them, you buy them from people who do. So
4: that's there you go.
3: On your on your list of to dos for a turkey. So yours is a brine. Then yep. what's your hour per pound?
4: What's your... I, I, you know what? I Because I'll debone it probably, it's, it takes me an hour and a half only to cook and, my turkey.
0: And so what's the deal with the deboning? It sounds like well, an awful it, well, lot of
4: work. Then I can... Well, no, it's not. It's like deboning a chicken. It's just a giant chicken. But the advantage is I can roast the bones, make a nice brown turkey stock, and then have my turkey gravy. The turkey sauce is ready. There's no... You know, you take it. It's like slicing a jumbo chicken breast. Oh Take it gosh. out of the oven, slice it. It's tied. Yeah. And I, I, you can stuff the, um, I usually debone the thighs. So you can stuff those and make them nice and large.
3: Oh, my gosh.
4: Yeah, I, I don't do a whole bird very, very seldom. Yeah, do I do a whole bird anymore?
3: Well, that's because it sounds like more work I, I than I'm willing to bird, put. <laughs>
4: and I do use the whole bird. Um, Christmas in July, we deep fry a turkey.
3: Okay. So let's talk about that. Is that a... Is that, um, like in my mind, that's going against
4: all the tradition of it, the bird. It's going to change. It's going to change your life. How so? Well, it's the best crispiest turkey you've ever had. It's juicy. It's been brined. It, it's not like your traditional like deep fried chicken. It's unbelievable if you've never had.
0: And you got, but you got to be careful, right? Because there are some um, safety concerns there. That's very
4: dangerous. I don't. Yes, it's, You have to know how to deep fry. I've deep fried lots, um, and that only takes three minutes per pound. Three and minutes per three pound. Three minutes per pound. So a 15-pound turkey, which is usually the max in most fryers, is about 40 to 45 minutes. That's oh, it. Man, and oh, it's super crispy. It's it's super juicy. It It's great.
3: We had a conversation this morning, and we're speaking with Red River College chef instructor Carl Ullman about how to cook our turkey. But I, let's go to the side dishes because that's sometimes a drawing card for so many people. And we were talking this morning about the ones that we do not want to see on the table, and for me, that yep. was turnips. Uh, for... Really? on oh, oh. my list. Okay, well, sell me on how to make those better then.
4: Well, carrots and, and it's rutabaga, right? No, I don't like the purple top turnips. Rutabagas, and uh, I chop them up, and I mix them with carrots and mash it up with a bit of honey. Ah. Kelly yeah, Moore it's, said it's, the exact same thing. It's an old school. It's just in memory of past Christmases or whatever, right? You don't need a lot. It's no different than cranberry sauce, right? You can change it up and change the flavor and...
0: Yeah, they're they're the same in that they don't belong on the table, but
4: <laughs> No, that, that, you know what? that's okay. Put some cinnamon, uh, acorn squash or butternut squash is another popular one that's starting to come. Like, don't forget, Manitoba, we grow these things.
0: No, that's a really good point. And of course, we're joking a, a tiny bit because that's what we do here. Yep. A real popular way to do your veggies right now, uh, I know we do it at our house, is with, on the parchment paper in the oven. And we'll do a little balsamic vinegar, salt, and pepper. We do that with the broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. Tastes amazing.
4: Roasted. Roasted, yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Put some mushrooms in there. Mushrooms too. A little bit of cremini mushrooms. Yeah. Well, it's it's that nice umami flavor, right?
0: Right on. Sounds like a little bit Goes of good uh, with the vinegar. Oh, look at you! Fantastic. So, yeah.
3: Before we let you go, Carl, the gravy is probably the favorite part. I, I think I would argue for anyone. Got yep. extra tips there?
4: Wow. Extra tips. You know what? And that's why I debone it. I can roast the bones and they're nice and dark brown, like a good color. And it brings out a way better flavor. So I make a nice turkey stock from that.
3: And do you and add anything to your it, gravy?
4: I reduce, No, I reduce it right down. Uh, brown your flour. So it, when most people will uh, take your fat and flour. It's called the roux. And you should fry the flour to have a color of like a peanut butter before you add the stock.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. How, do you, how do you just you put the flour the, straight the into the pan? Fat.
4: Well, if you, if you don't have turkey fat, you can use butter. Yeah. You fry the flour in the butter to make a brown roux. Yeah. And then you add your turkey stock to it. Oh,
0: my goodness.
4: It, it's it, it, That's the flavor, the body of the, right? I love You it. want the pan drippings. You want that the sticky stuff Course. in the pan if you're going to roast whole. Yeah. I have roasted whole before. Um, I usually put some butter under the skin garlic butter, lemon garlic butter, you know, you massage it under the skin. So, I mean, there are a lot of people who still do whole birds. For
0: sure. And, and the yeah. and the mayo uh, massage thing, you ever done that one on, on top uh, no, of the bird?
4: No, but it's, it's, it's a sense. fat. Why not? All right. I'd be concerned about the eggs if you massage it because there's um, eggs in there. Not that it's for, you know, uh, for bad, but eggs may get clumpy. Okay, hmm. last I, one, I put a mayo on a fish, so. Uh,
0: safe food handling uh, tip, Carl, before we go, with regards to when can I safely put my food in the fridge? Once it's, you know, once, when it's hot, how, how do you handle that, whether it's a turkey or any other food? For leftovers, you mean? For leftovers,
4: yeah. Um, well, it's nice and cold outside in Manitoba. I it if you want, you can wrap it and set it outside somewhere, cool it quick. But yeah, cool it in the fridge unless you're putting a lot. The fridge is much cooler than air temperature, right? So the fridge will cool small amounts of food fairly quick.
0: So it's okay like say i'm I'm taking something out and I want to serve it the next day because I know a lot of people are cooking their turkey say on Christmas Eve and then they're they're gonna serve it the next day so it comes out of the oven do I put it straight outside if that's my if that's uh, my freezer yeah, no How, what do well, I do I guess if
4: that's your freezer yes make sure you you temperature the turkey's cooked one hundred and seventy right at the thigh yep Always go to the darkest part or the thickest part. Um, I don't cook my turkey the day before, so I guess if that's your way of doing it, I would cool it a little bit uh, on the counter, and then I would get it in the fridge. Good stuff, It's going to take a long time to cool, though. Don't forget, it's hard to get. It took a long time to cook. It's going to take a long time to cool. Fair enough. So you want to rapid cool it, so outside is minus whatever is much better than Working your fridge that hard to put a great big turkey. Makes a lot of sense. And quickly, yeah.
3: before we let you go, we had a listener text in to say they missed the first part about the proportion for brine. So, again, what would
4: brine. they do? It's 5% salt solution. So five so, so if you need um, 5 liters of water, you need 250 grams of salt. Got it. Right, cool. 5%. Cool. So 50 grams per liter.
3: Are you available uh, Tuesday to come on over and just maybe do this?
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. You can, yeah,
4: I always tell people you can find my house; you can come for dinner. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas, Carl! Thanks for yeah, this. Same to you. All right, Carl All right. Omen, one of our one of our friends from Red River College. He's the uh, instructor in the uh, culinary arts program over there. So, gotta love it.
4: Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at gmacwpg, that's G-M-A-C-K, W-P-G. I am at brett mcgarry b-r-e-t-t-m-e-g-a-r-r-y and loren on twitter is at mcnab on global and on instagram at mcnab on c-j-o-b talk soon